IP isn't like some separate legal subject that can be conveniently left till later or for lawyers to address. It actually needs to be taken into account during branding. Hello and welcome to Brandtuned, the only podcast on branding that includes fundamentals like copyright, trademarks and IP that are core to creating and owning a brand that's unique to you. I'm Shireen Smith, lawyer, brand strategist and curious business owner, keen to discover the secrets of effective brand building. Happy New Year. I love January, don't you? You know, fresh starts, new beginnings, setting intentions for the year ahead. I've called this episode, Stop Assuming Your Customer is a Big Brand. And I'll explain why I've done that. Just by way of background, when I wrote my first book, Legally Branded, in 2012, I covered the subject of brand and branding in an incidental way to explain what brand meant, really for background purposes. The focus of the book was on trademarks and other intellectual property in a digital world. For my new book, Brandtuned, The New Rules of Branding, Strategy and Intellectual Property, the focus is actually quite different because the book is all about what small businesses need to take into account in order to create their brand. So writing it has involved research and interviewing thought leaders on branding and marketing. And I'll be releasing those episodes in the spring. So my ideas around brands, branding and marketing have evolved considerably since I first launched the podcast in May 2020. You see, my eyes are now much more open to what's important in branding and strategy as I've learned more and researched the book. Now, it's important when we talk about branding and marketing to bear in mind official UK government statistics, which actually indicate that more than 99% of all businesses in the UK are small or medium-sized SMEs with fewer than 250 employees. The numbers are apparently similar in the EU and US. But the interesting point is this, of those 99% of SMEs, 96% are actually micro-businesses with fewer than 10 employees. That means the big household name brands that feature in case studies and news reports form a tiny number of the actual number of businesses that are out there. While we necessarily have to learn from them because small brands, being small, are not going to occupy news items and they're not going to get the attention of textbooks, we should actually stop assuming that all customers are big, sophisticated brands and treat them appropriately to the stage that they've actually reached in business. So what do I mean by this? Well, the Harvard Business Review highlights that small and growing brands 
have five stages of development. Firstly, there's mere existence. This is when they're just getting started and having customers in itself can be a challenge, finding customers. Then the second stage will be survival. So they've got a workable business model and are getting customers, but cash is in limited supply. The third stage is that they have some success. They're getting traction in the market with a proven, profitable business model. Then the fourth stage is takeoff. They're concerned with how to grow rapidly. And then the fifth and final stage is maturity. This is when the advantages of size, financial resources, and management come into play. Now, training organizations that offer courses for marketers and brand managers should really remember that focusing on the big brands with the big budgets and the glamorous career opportunities may be all well and good for learning purposes, but actually most marketers will be servicing the small business end of the market and therefore need additional insights into how to do their job when it comes especially to intellectual property or indeed to adapting things like research in order to be able to do it affordably in a smaller organization. In particular, I think that small brands do not have a legal department and actually often they don't even know what IP is all about. So the small business clients' needs are quite different and assuming that they know all about IP or can have got lawyers who can deal with it is completely the wrong approach. They think that their marketers and designers know all they need to know about their discipline and they don't know that IP is a separate discipline. So it's not, IP isn't like some separate legal subject that can be conveniently left till later or for lawyers to address. It actually needs to be taken into account during branding. So I hope to go some way to fill this gap in knowledge that exists out there, and in particular to address the unique features and challenges that smaller brands have, which are totally different to big brands. For the early days, the small business just needs to focus on finding consumers to buy from it so that it can survive and still be in business the following year. So what should they do? I'm going to be covering some of that information in the podcast. Every brand, every category and every customer has their own unique attributes, strengths, weaknesses, competitor set, and distribution challenges. So a particular focus needs to be on ensuring that the buyers know who you are and how to buy from you when you're a smaller brand. So consistency of branding signals is really key here. If you get bored with your branding every so often, 
don't just change your logo or other elements. You're likely to be damaging the memory structures that buyers actually have formed to your brand. They may not recognize you. A short break now to thank our sponsors, Asrights International, who provide trademark registration, copyright services, and more. Download a copy of its seven costly mistakes with your business and brand and find out how to create an effective brand. Details are in the show notes. So placing undue emphasis on marketing brands at the maturity stage leaves marketers struggling to know how to actually find a coherent blueprint for small brands. And that includes how to take account of intellectual property. You see, intellectual property is fundamentally part and parcel of business. What's dawned on me recently, though, is that training organizations are training marketers and brand managers as if they will be servicing the big household name brands or as if they're going to be employed in large organizations that service such businesses. What they're overlooking in the process is the need to actually train marketers and brand managers who will be serving smaller businesses in the basics of intellectual property, which is a core skill all marketers and brand managers need in order to you know, do their jobs effectively. I'm going to be doing a mini marketing MBA in April. So I'll be reporting back on how that course actually addressed intellectual property. You see, IP isn't just a legal topic that you can just leave to lawyers because it needs to be borne in mind during brand creation. Most businesses do not have access to the resources and support that big brands have when it comes to intellectual property advice on branding. This has a huge implication on what marketers and brand managers need to know about IP, such as on how to name a brand. You see, I see too many experienced marketers and brand managers choosing names that come too close to describing the category for comfort. The entire point of a name is to uniquely stand out in the market. So why on earth would anyone choose a generic name? It's beyond my comprehension why this happens so often among branding people and marketers. You see, marketers are having to plug the gap in their skill set by learning on the go and sometimes through hard experience. So I'm committed to covering intellectual property on the podcast so its impacts can be taken on board as regards branding. Topics that the podcast will cover include how to get a better understanding of branding and the part it plays in business success. So looking back, I feel that 
my podcast lacked direction and focus during 2020. A change I intend to introduce is to feature episodes that address particular challenges listeners may be facing. And the accent when selecting guests and interview topics will be to address issues relevant to my tuned framework. These are firstly T for Think IP First. Now, IP impacts marketing and branding in fundamental ways, because if the foundations of the brand are wrong, then, you know, you limit the potential of the business. So I'll include some case studies and interviews with um, businesses and marketers to better understand the relevance of IP to the work that's involved. Then the next element of tuned is you for understand the market and customer. I can't stress how critical this is to success, whether for a tiny startup or a much bigger brand. You know, it's what determines whether you get sales, whether you've got a product that people want and so on. Nothing is more fundamentally important than understanding the market and buyers. Reportedly, Jeff Bezos saves a seat at Amazon's meetings so they can consider what the customer would have to say about an issue that they're discussing. That's how important it is to understand the customer and bear them in mind constantly. Now, whether launching a new product or service deciding which customer segment to target, how to do tests and research the market. These are all keys to success. So I'm going to interview people who can add value to this important topic. Now, the N in tuned is, that's right, name it right. You see, naming is a vast subject in branding, which is intrinsically bound up with trademark law, a topic I'm highly experienced in and can provide useful guidance on. Now, one of the areas of training all marketers need is to know how to go ahead and choose names that are appropriate to the brand's goals and which will uniquely stand out in the market. Choosing names based on the goals of the business is key, while avoiding descriptions is also critically important. I'm going to discuss this more on the podcast and interview entrepreneurs and marketers on how they approach naming projects. Then the E and D in tuned is all about establishing the brand strategy and then driving the strategy through advertising and promotional methods to make sales and build the brand. So this last element of the tuned process can include many different marketing tactics such as Facebook ads, search engine optimization, storytelling, approach to social media and more. I'm going to be covering these topics through guest interviews. Who is the audience for the podcast? 
Well, the podcast is for entrepreneurs, agencies, marketers, lawyers, and designers that are looking for no-fluff guidance on branding and marketing. We all see the world through our own unique perspectives. Our worldviews shape the way that we behave, the actions we think are important, as well as the results we get in life. Naturally, being a lawyer, the legal side of branding is a key consideration that I see very prominently and which is very inadequately covered. And therefore, I focus on it insofar as it's relevant to branding. But I'm not just about the legal side of branding. I'm actually all about being holistic and having the range of skills required to know how to brand a business. I may not do the designs myself, but I've now learned enough about branding to be able to brief a designer. The worlds of lawyers who protect and defend brands and that of designers and marketers who create them have traditionally been entirely separate. I believe the future calls for marketers who have a profound understanding of both disciplines, which is why I'm keen to extend my own experience of marketing in order to formally train in marketing. Marketing is a discipline that is core to business, so it's worthwhile for anyone to develop. However, believe it or not, so is intellectual property a core discipline that everyone in business and branding should learn. So I hope to inspire you to do so if you're not an intellectual property lawyer. Thank you and Happy New Year. My guest next week is Cros Crossley, known as the Mindset Technician. He is the author of the book, Tell Us Another, Seven Decades of Knowledge and Wisdom. If you've listened to the podcast to this point, please do like, share or rate it. If you have an important message to share that would be relevant to listeners, then do connect with me and let me know. You can find me on most platforms, but perhaps the best one to use is LinkedIn.